0: Hello and thank you for joining us today for Frost and Sullivan's latest webinar from our industrial practice. Today's event is titled, Data Center Investment Opportunities to Fuel Your Growth Pipeline. My name is Anna, and I oversee Frost and Sullivan's Growth Innovation and Leadership Briefings. Our presenters today are Gautam Yanajati, Global Research Director. Here at Frost & Sullivan. He has over 10 years of experience in management consulting, operations, research analysis, and internal quality auditing. He also has experience in the data center markets, data center infrastructure, backup power, the UPS, gensets, cooling, data center racks, cabinets, and uh, data center services, co-location and cloud. And our next presenter is Vasant Krishna, power analyst here at Frost & Sullivan, with over four years of research and consulting experience. Uh, Vasant was part of the team that advised a global equipment manufacturer regarding a new product go-to-market strategy, and he supported uh, competitive benchmarking of public-private financing for energy products in Europe. With that, I would now like to hand the presentation over to Gotham. Thank you, Anna. Uh, First
1: of all, I would like to thank everyone for uh, joining us for this presentation today. My name is Galtham Yana jothi Uh, I'm a global research director and uh, head of best practices uh, within the industrial group of uh, Frost & Sullivan. I'm based in London. So um, let's get started and have a quick look at the agenda for uh, today's presentation. We will be kicking off the presentation by taking a look at the global data center investment trends, and investment forecasts. Followed by this, I will take you through the uh, top 10 trends that are expected to shape the data centers of tomorrow. We will then um, dive deep into uh, four of these trends and talk about the implications of each of, uh, of each of these in, in detail. Uh, so the first one being modularity or, or modular design, and then we will look at the uh, role and importance of uh, artificial intelligence in data centers, followed by analyzing uh, the impact of uh, 5G and EDGE in data centers. Uh, we will be concluding the presentation by, uh, by sharing a few final key takeaways. So, so uh, here we go. Now this, this first slide here uh, shows you the total global data center investment forecast between 2017 and 2022. And the investment numbers included here, um, they include any and all type of uh, investment that actually goes into <coughs> a data center. We've we, we essentially um, split the investment into three categories. First one is, is IT investment, obviously, which includes IT equipment, such as, you know, servers and so on. And then we have uh, facility infrastructure, where you have the construction, you have the power, cooling, security, and things like that. And then finally, uh, the outsourcing investment. So, so among the three segments, we are seeing the fastest growth in, in outsourcing, whereas uh, investment in, in IT and facility infrastructure uh, is expected to, to grow at a relatively slower, play, slower pace, but, but still growing steadily. And, and, and if you see overall, the, the global data center investment is expected to, to grow at a Kager of uh, around 9 point5 percent over the over the forecast period well we did uh, you know we did see the growth rate coming down just a little bit in 2018 uh, from about eleven point six percent in 2017 to around 8 point five percent in 2018 so this was mainly caused by a decline in the uh, investment in the hyperscale cloud segment especially you know due to the the reduced investments by uh, some of the top, you know, five or six cloud giants. So, uh, and, and I think it's also important to mention uh, that, that large data centers actually accounted for a majority of the global data center investment uh, in 2017, uh, which roughly accounted for around 70% of the total investment. So, so looking at the future, um, what we expect is that we expect the growth rates to definitely increase. Steadily over the next four to five years, and, and we can expect um, where we can expect to see a sharp rise in investments uh, on on edge data centers uh, post uh, 2021, uh, which will obviously uh, you know be driven by the advent of uh, 5G. So uh, that was the overall data center investment trends uh, in this slide. Now moving on, let's take a quick glance at the um, investment split by data center type. Right. So, which is enterprise colocation and hyperscale cloud. So, the the enterprise class uh, segment accounted for the uh, the biggest portion uh, of the investment in 2017, uh, accounting for uh, 57.4% of the total investment. Uh, however, uh, this segment is is expected to to register the the lowest growth rate um, over the forecast period, uh, which would be around uh, 7% kgr uh, uh, on the other hand co-location uh, is expected to be the fastest growing segment uh with a CAGR of around uh, 13.5% and um, it is it is expected to uh to occupy or take uh, around 24% of the total investment share by uh, 2022 now this is mainly you know uh, this is due this is mainly because uh, due to the the steady increase in the in the rate at which Um, you know, in-house data centers are being uh, transitioned to third-party service providers um, mainly for for cost uh, benefits and for for management benefits. Now um, moving on to the next slide, um, here you can see the investment shared by region, Uh, so obviously Americas was the biggest region for total investment in 2017 with uh, 39.4% share. Now, Frost & Sullivan estimates that um, Asia Pacific uh, will take over America as the biggest region uh, for uh, data center investment by 2022, um, accounting for around 41.8% share uh, and, and with, a, with, a, with a CAGR, a very impressive Kager of uh, 16%. Um, and if you look at the investment in EMEA, it is expected to grow at a steady pace, uh, registering a CAGR of around 10% uh, during the forecast period. Uh, but North America, and, and it's, it's also uh, important to mention that North America and Europe um, are leading the way uh, with high growth in co-location data centers, uh, which is followed by uh, Middle East and Africa, again, for colocation location uh, for growth uh, in, in colocation. Now in these um, next two slides, uh, we will be looking at a few trends that are likely to shape the future of data centers. Uh, We've we've also shown the level of impact each of these trends will have um, in the the short, uh, mid and long terms. So the first one is um, hybrid model, which is cloud uh, plus combined with traditional. So we know that cloud adoption is definitely gaining momentum, however, having said that, a complete shift away from traditional data centers uh, is unlikely. So instead, what we'll see is we'll see an uh, a, a adoption of of a hybrid model, uh, and and that is uh, that is more likely. And and what we are seeing is, is an increasing adoption of these outsourcing uh, of the, of the outsourcing model that will actually push data center services to to become commoditized. And 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 of course, uh, as as a, as a cascading effect, uh, the market is expected to become increasingly uh, price, uh, price-driven. And uh, the next trend uh, we have is, is that the, uh, there will be a, a gradual shift towards um, higher operating temperatures within the data hole. Uh, this is mainly uh, you know, as, as an effort to, to enhance energy efficiency. So the, the impact of this trend <clears throat> will get higher over the mid uh, and the long terms uh, as uh, the end-user awareness uh, increases. Uh, excuse me for a second sorry about that I apologize I do have a, a bad cold sorry about that now moving on um, the uh, dominance of emerging economies uh, might actually seem like like an obvious trend uh, but nevertheless it is definitely one of the key trends uh, you know shaping the future of data centers for sure now uh, new data center builds, uh, both medium and large uh, and even small to an extent uh, will be concentrated around uh, emerging economies and and uh, the most important thing here uh, to note is that um, asia pacific uh, will be the center of focus uh, especially uh, southeast asian countries like singapore malaysia which are the hub of data centers anyway uh, in apac and then uh, china is also uh, quite a promising uh, country for for in this particular aspect uh, followed by india which is a small market but definitely uh, has high potential for uh, for high growth rates now <clears throat> alternative uh, power and cooling So, what I mean by that is, you know, we'll start seeing, you know, uh, the adoption of innovative, energy-efficient, and advanced power and cooling solutions uh, will happen, and uh, things like, uh, when we talk about cooling, things like liquid cooling technologies uh, will definitely gain more traction. Uh, However, this this will take uh, uh, some time, because uh, it's still at at a a nascent stage, but definitely has a lot of potential, uh, especially uh, for when we talk about high-density applications. So those are, the top, uh, uh, those are five of the top ten trends. Moving on to the next slide, uh, <clears throat> uh, we have um, increased power density. So the, the increasing uh, data center workload and the consolidation of IT equipment um, will definitely drive, as we can see it's already happening, will drive you know, increase in, in power densities. So what we'll see is that the, um, that the average power density per rack Uh, Kilowatt per rack uh, will exceed the 12 to 14 um, kilowatt uh, per rack threshold, uh, mainly uh, post 2020. And then we have um, uh, next generation or next gen DCIM. So we'll see an increase um, in DCIM penetration. So basically, Uh, the already existing demand for DCIM um, uh, will drive uh, uh, the the need for for next-generation comprehensive data modeling-based DCIM solutions. We're already seeing that happening in some parts of the world, especially um, developed economies um, such as North America uh, and Europe uh, will be early adopters. Um, uh, and also, of course, uh, given the rate at which APAC is growing, that is actually also uh, is expected to be uh, closely behind North America and Europe in terms of adoption. So this trend um, will still have a, a low impact uh, during the short and midterms, and we'll start seeing uh, the impact level increasing um, in, in the long terms. Now, the the next uh, for uh, the three, tr- three or four trends listed uh, down below uh, are quite important, and, and these are the four trends that we will be uh, talking about in detail during the uh, the rest of the presentation. First one being modular design or modularity, so uh, modular data centers. Uh, when it comes to modular data centers, I have to say, we, we are just scratching the surface, so, so we will definitely see increasing deployments of, of plug-and-play data centers um, you know, as a means to, to, to mainly keep up with, with technology evolution and, obviously, um, cost-saving is, is, is another key aspect there. So modularity is something we definitely have to watch out for. It's already there. It's not a new trend, but it's, it's definitely going to uh, you know, shape the future of data centers for sure. Uh, artificial intelligence, this is also a very important trend to watch out for. Uh, AI will will transform. Uh, uh, you know, this is Frost and Sullivan's belief, strong belief that AI will definitely transform the way data centers operate in the coming years. So, you know, technology advancements in AI uh, will definitely make them, as, or will will make them. You know, will make a data center truly smart. Uh, when I say that, I mean a data center that I, that I can that can actually think for itself and act for itself, and. Um, <clears throat> Finally, we have edge computing and 5G. Again, extremely crucial trends. The advent of 5G um, will further accelerate the growth of latency-related applications uh, and will uh, uh, consequently drive uh, data centers closer to the edge of the network. So so what will happen? We'll we'll start seeing an increasing deployment of smaller uh, edge data centers. That will actually bring with an intention to bring the compute closer to the end user. Now moving on to the next slide, um, sorry, Uh, there are some, uh, these are uh, some of the um, the key growth drivers uh, for, uh, for uh, modular data centers. Like I said, we're going to be looking specifically at these four trends, starting off with modular, modularity and modular data centers. So, um, so these are some of the key growth drivers from a product perspective. Obviously, there are other uh, drivers from a market, pr- market driver perspective, but when you just look at the product as itself, these are some of the main uh, drivers, uh, you know, uh, which, which are actually you know, uh, pushing adoption. So the first one is, is future-proofing. So um, uh, what do I mean by future-proofing? Uh, it offers high flexibility, and it's extremely scalable. So uh, the, the pay-as-you-grow model actually allows for capacity expansion as and when you need it. So, so, so modules can be added when, you know, when there's, a, when, when there's an extra capacity is required, or, or on the other hand, it can be scaled down when infrastructure becomes obsolete. And then we have, uh, sorry, and then we have cost savings. Um, Obviously it offers savings in both uh, on on a CapEx uh, front and an OPEX front. So operational expenses are reduced uh, mainly due to the fact that um, it it lowers uh, power, cooling uh, and and other operational expenses mainly because of of right sizing. So um, from a location perspective, well, the main thing is that site exploitation is, is maximized, uh, so so by offering uh, you know, site specific floor plans and then using you know modular advantages to the best effect so the, and, and, and even more importantly the the a modular data center can be deployed in any location it can be an indoor location or can be an outdoor location and then the other aspect also a very important aspect is that it is highly agile, so the speed of deployment increases significantly. Now, a fully operational uh, data center uh, uh, by, with modular design can be deployed in a matter of a few months rather than a few years. And finally, we have the efficiency. It offers highly efficient uh, power and cooling uh, because of, obviously, the flexible uh, nature uh, of the design. So those were some of the key, uh, you know, aspects from a product perspective driving the uh, modular data center market ahead. Moving on to the next slide, we have um, uh, we, here we can see the evolution of data centers from you know a traditional building to a prefabricated one to, to to micro modular builds, and then now we are headed towards you know a smart modular data center with AI capabilities. And also the chart below uh, shows the market size. Of the modular data center in 2017, and a forecast for 2022. Uh, as you can see, it is expected to witness a tremendous growth over the next five years. Especially, um, uh, this growth uh, will be further accelerated by edge computing uh, post uh, 2021 to a significant degree. Um, let's 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 actually look at look at it in in, in more detail in, in, in the following slides. So here, we can uh, so. So, basically, these next two slides uh, will show you the attractiveness level of uh, end-user verticals in terms of modular data central adoption, um, and then looking at regional attractiveness. So, here on this slide, um, when we look at the uh, split uh, among the vertical uh, uh, segments, IT and telecom together account for over half of the total market. So, they are uh, the biggest end-user segments for uh, modular uh, uh, data centers. And by 2022, uh, you know, IT would account for uh, 34% and telecom would occupy around 24% of the total market. And these are also the two fastest growing segments uh, where um, telecom is expected to register a slightly higher CAGR over the forecast period at 26% and IT at around 24%. Uh, the other three segments are also expected to grow at a healthy rate between 12 and 19 percent. It's just that it's relatively lower than IT and telecom, but still these are higher uh, than the market average growth rates um, of, uh, of when you consider the traditional data center. So among the uh, three, um, banking and financial will be ahead in terms of growth rates, uh, um, while the other segment will occupy a bigger portion of the total market. Now, looking at the uh, regional attractiveness, um, in North America and Europe are uh, mature markets uh, with high end-user awareness levels. And um, as you can see, obviously these two are the biggest regions combined together. So they account for close to 70% of the total market. But from a growth perspective, it's a, it's a different story. Uh, APAC is expected to be uh, the, the fastest-growing region with a with a CAGR of around 33.5%. And uh, also by 2022. Um, uh, uh, it is expected to actually take over Europe as the second biggest region, um, accounting for 28% um, you know, of the total market and fast closing in uh, on North America, which at that time would have around 32%, uh, 32% share. Right. Now, let's move on to an even more interesting topic. When I say that, I mean artificial intelligence and data centers. So, so as I mentioned before, uh, AI will definitely change the way we look at data center operations. And we're not f- too far away from seeing mainstream data centers that actually think and act for themselves. Uh, and, and even more interestingly, they actually the data center gets smarter every day based on what it has learned. So, so how is it done by implementing machine learning and, and deep learning algorithms? So, so obviously the next question is how exactly... Does it improve data center operations? so we have four key aspects. first one, it improves the efficiency of the critical infrastructure so machine learning driven intelligence actually offers condition based maintenance for uh, for critical power infrastructure and ultimately enhancing the efficiency and, and obviously uh, the, other, the, the other advantages is, is, is reduced costs. The main competence, uh, as you can imagine would include you know, uh, smart power, smart cooling, smart DCIM, and things like that. The, the second one, and in my opinion, one of the most important ones is, is that it detects and el- uh, eliminates the outages. So AI can actually influence the data center provider uh, through improved uh, outage monitoring, and it offers um, advanced predictive analytics that actually make it easier and more reliable uh, to to uh, to monitor or to power levels, cooling levels, and and any other you know potential trouble areas. Uh, then we have uh, improved security. Now uh, AI makes uh, dealing with cyber threats seamless and highly effective. It's it's on a constant outlook 24 7 without any human intervention. And finally, we have server optimization. So um, predictive anal- uh, analysis from AI. Uh, can also assist uh, a data center in, in distributing the workload uh, quite efficiently, which, um, which, which reduces the strain on the machines and actually helps the entire uh, set data center uh, to work uh, more efficiently. Uh, now, as I mentioned in the previous slide, one of the most pressing issues for data center operators um, today and has been for a while is unplanned outages. Um, so in this slide here, I wanted to quickly highlight some issues that actually cause the unplanned outages. So if you look at the, 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 the stats here, it, it, it's quite alarming, especially the number of outages caused by, by human error, you know, directly or indirectly, doesn't matter. Uh, so if you look at the pie chart on the right, it, it actually tells us that the human error combined with power and cooling failure actually caused nearly 60%, 60% of the total unplanned outages um, in, in the US in 2017. So the key message here is that AI is placed perfectly to address uh, these issues. Now real quick, uh, just wanted to highlight some of the uh, sort of the impact in terms of the cost impact uh, caused by some of the, you know, recent or um, relatively recent on-planned uh, uh, data center outages. Uh, the, the Delta airline uh, had to incur a cost of, you know, $150 million. Southwest airline, $177 million. Um, and, and if you look at all these, the, one of the common, sort of, in, in the, the the common issue or the common, the root cause uh, was uh, human or accidental error. Again, a uh, key message here being AI uh, is, would be a perfect solution to address that. And then finally, um to conclude, you know the topic on AI. I wanted to highlight a few uh, real-world uh, examples um, of AI of AI implementation, uh, you know, in data centers. Um, first one, of course, uh, is Google. So, um, as we know, in, in 2017, um, Google applied uh, DeepMind's machine learning uh, to its data centers, and it was able to to cut down uh, its cooling energy consumption uh, by 40 percent. I mean, uh, by 40 percent. Just imagine 40 uh, percent off the cooling costs, and, and and it didn't stop there. Uh, so in 2018, uh, you know, Google went on uh, another step. It took the system to the next level. So instead of human implemented recommendations, its AI systems now directly controls uh, data center cooling. Of course, remaining under you know expert supervision of um, of the data center operators. The uh, second example I have is uh, Root data centers. Uh, so they've leveraged um, AI models to, to create AI personas. So so this actually allows their experienced engineers to train their AI personas to, to, to you know to recognize uh, things like you know machine sights, sounds, or, or vibrations, and so on. So mainly using uh, you know a, a simplified form of uh, of uh, supervised learning. And then finally we have CBRE uh, which is uh, actually deploying um, ai driven uh, data center uh, maintenance tools so these are quite similar to, uh, to you know apple's uh, Siri or, or amazon's uh, Alexa um, so this is mainly uh, to help automate some of uh, its its uh, data center management processes. Uh, so they call their AI uh, persona um, as REMI, R E M I, which is um, short for Risk Exposure Mitigation Intelligence. So similar to to what Root Data Centers um, have done. Uh, so these, these the, the the REMI personas, the REMI uh, personas will be uh, uh, trained by uh, and eventually working alongside the uh, CBRE's uh, data center staff. So that actually brings us to the end of the first part of this presentation and um i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna hand it uh, over to my colleague uh, Vasant, who will be taking you through the uh the, through the uh, rest of the presentation thank you and over to you vasant
2: yep yeah. thank you very much for that Gautam. um so my name is Vasant, and I'll be talking about uh, edge computing and 5 g and uh starting with the slide uh you can see here that uh, we have, uh, starting from GPRS, uh, we have gone on from eGPRS, which is the Enhanced General Packet Radio Service, and from there, we have gone to 3G, uh, which is the third generation, and then from there to 4G, and right now, we are at uh, 5G, the fifth generation of uh, mobile technology. And as many of you know, the Mobile World Congress is happening in Barcelona uh, in uh, Feb 25th, and uh, manufacturers will be queuing up to uh, unveil their latest products. And in that uh, you know, even they will also be unveiling 5G-enabled smartphones, uh, which will be able to operate in uh, 5G networks. And uh, in this slide, you can see below that, uh, we have listed the data transfer rates, and you can see here that 5G will enable one gigabits per second. And how is this exactly possible? And why was this not possible in 4G? Well, uh, 4G operates at a radio frequency of less than 6 gigahertz, whereas 5G will be operating at a radio frequency of 30 gigahertz to 300 gigawatts. Now, this is the key feature, which is, you know, the advancement from 4G, which will enable 5G to support multiple applications at a much faster speed and 5G will also be able to support all forms of internet usage, including machine-to-machine communication and machine-to-consumer communication. Moving on, um, okay, so I see that that's a question. Um, So yeah, I will uh, try to be more louder and hope that uh, helps. Um, In this slide, uh, we can see here that um, 5G uh, will be meeting the needs of the modern world and what we exactly mean is that, um, you know, given the amount of subscribers Uh, currently and moving forward uh, there is the requirement of 5G to support multiple end users with different latency needs and thereby uh, it supports uninterrupted connectivity uh, which means 5G will be able to support reliable communication for um, subscribers globally Uh, it will be able to support different technologies like I mentioned earlier which is the machine to machine communication devices machine to consumer communication devices um and then 5g will also able to support coexistence of multiple technologies within the same device for example it could support uh, 5, uh 4g devices within a 5g framework and it will also support network convergence where uh, it will be able to support multiple networks within the same uh, you know um uh, same uh, bandwidth so these are the uh, you know uh, specific needs which 5g will be meeting Uh, moving on so what are the advantages of 5G for uh, consumers and operators and as you can see here latency is one of the main advantages of 5G and uh, here very low latency at approximately four uh, millisecond and at the same time it will support multiple devices and as you can see from the operator side it will support IOT services such as driverless cars connected cars which we'll be talking about later in this presentation uh, you can also see that uh five g will support uh, data transfer speeds of up to ten gigabits per second and it will also support uh interoperable with previous generation technologies from the operator side so overall um, you know benefits uh when we're talking about benefits uh five g will uh, really push the uh, you know the uh the network technology to the next level. Uh, both from uh, you know a consumer's perspective as well as an operator's perspective. Uh, moving on to the next slide. So, what are the applications which you know five G will be supporting? And um, as of now, uh, you know we are going towards uh, probably a digital future where a lot of uh, technological advancements are happening. Um, And we have listed out uh, what are the possible technologies, which we will be seeing in the next decade Uh, And as you can see augmented reality industry automation uh, a self-driving car uh, UHD screens um, real-time gaming from the cloud uh, smart cities smart homes and buildings and these all, if you you know, analyze, will require uh, fast connectivity. Um, which means, uh, you know, if there is any lag or delay, um, that experience will uh, it, it will deteriorate, and that really calls for um, you know a next level of uh, communications technology, which 5G will deliver. Moving on to the next slide. Um, so, so that is uh, 5G, and here uh, we will be talking about edge computing. And as you can see here, um, edge uh, computing—you know—what what what it does is that it pushes processing of data as close to the source as possible, which means that the processing will uh, happen—you know—really as close to uh, the—you know—the user. Um, So if a user is located somewhere, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, in 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 his city, uh, and in the processing, uh, it's it's a high chance that, that will happen within 100 or 200 or 300 kilometers within his city, rather than going to some other region or continent or countries. That is how you know edge computing uh, really pushes the boundaries when it comes to pushing the data uh, center infrastructure. And uh, what it does is that um, it processes the data as close to the source, and it sends uh, the data back to the user and the necessary data uh, which needs to be stored on the cloud, that can be stored on the cloud, and the data which needs to be fed back to the user, that will be fed back to the user. Now, in the case of a centralized computing system, this is not the case. Um, well, the data will uh, transfer the entire kilometer. It will go to the the central framework uh, of data centers. Now the data will be processed, and that will be sent back to the user. Now, edge computing cuts that route, uh, it simplifies the process, and, uh, you know, it's just add, uh, adds another layer to the existing current, uh, you know, uh, computing infrastructure. Uh, so what is exactly the need for edge computing? Well, um, data volume is definitely going to grow, and according to our research, uh, by 2025, it will definitely go uh, up to 150 zettabytes. Uh, and that is a massive amount of data which needs to be managed, processed, and fed back to the user. And uh, another, uh, you know, key reason is that uh, while cloud computing occupies a major share of current data centers, uh, it will not be able to support such massive amounts of data unless such massive amounts of investments in cloud infrastructure takes place. And this edge computing actually you know simplifies uh, this process and it allows uh, you know um, the processing of data uh, happening uh, before it reaches the uh, you know the cloud uh, data centers and what it also does is that it reduces the amount of uh, you know investment which um, you know the data center providers Need to invest uh, in their infrastructure, and they can, you know, push this investment towards edge data centers uh, where they can collaborate with multiple providers. Another, uh, you know, uh, key reason is that uh, 5G uh, will also, you know, together with edge, will uh, reduce uh, latency. And uh, as uh, you know, we have seen earlier uh, latency speeds of up to less than four milli, uh, more four milliseconds would be possible. In edge computing, uh, together with 5G, and uh, you know, expanding on that, um, as we can see here, um, Frost and Sullivan, uh, through uh, multiple uh, you know primary interviews and research, has uh, identified that uh, you know, at as we stand of 2018, the current uh, revenue forecast for edge data center stands at 942 million and as you can see here uh, by 2022 we forecast that it will grow uh, to about uh, 3.6 billion at a of 40% and uh, this is uh, a massive uh, growth and this is being uh, you know boosted by uh, technology such as 5G and especially when 5G is rolled out in full scale uh, which we expect to happen by 2021 Uh, This market will start to boom and, um, you know, and this will uh, start to explode after post-2021. And also another key reason uh, for this, uh, you know, uh, boom is that uh, the edge data centers is attractive for all data center providers. Um, And uh, this is not specific to an enterprise class provider or, uh, you know, a co-location provider or a cloud provider. Um, it is, uh, you know, attractive for all classes of providers. And we'll be seeing that later in this presentation. And, um, okay, so we have a poll question and I'm gonna hand over the mic to Anna.
0: Thank you, yes, I have pushed out our poll question. So, uh, audience members, if you can just uh, take a moment to uh, select one answer and we'll reveal the results in about a minute. So, the poll question is, which region do you think will grow the fastest in terms of edge data center deployments over the next five to seven years? Is it North America, Europe, APAC, or the rest of the world? So we'll give uh, we'll give about a, a minute here. And reveal the results shortly.
2: I can see that we've started getting votes, um, and uh, you know I'll just repeat that again. Uh, if anybody's tuning in right now. So which region do you think will grow the fastest in terms of edge data center deployments over the next five to seven years? Uh, will it be North America, will it be Europe, uh, or will it be APAC, or will it be the rest of the world?
0: Okay, so we have the results in, and so it looks like we have, um, there's a split, it looks like North America and Europe are 37 percent. Rather, uh, correction, North American APAC are at 37%, and it's going to be 25% for Europe. Okay. Super.
2: And uh, we'll be dis- discussing about, uh, you know, the geographic split later in this presentation as well, and we can see whether, you know, the audience are right. Uh, so I'll be continuing this presentation and uh, moving forward. Uh, so. In this slide, uh, what Frost and Sullivan has done is that uh, we have split the revenue forecast into different uh, segments. Uh, we have identified three segments, uh, the first one being small, up to 250 kilowatts, uh, the second one being medium, 250 to one megawatt, and large, greater than one megawatt. And as you can see here, uh, in 2018, uh, you know, a large data, edge data centers occupy for 6.38% and uh, you can see here in 2022 it uh, comes down sharply to 28.30 percent and small actually goes from uh, 20.95 percent to 45.40 percent now uh, one of the key reasons uh, is that uh, you know uh, small data centers small edge data centers is extremely attractive for a lot of participants in the market um, and especially uh, you know telecom operators uh, due to its uh, modularity and uh, the traction it will gain uh, due to its uh, you know size and uh, where it can be located under the te- uh, telecom towers, so the location, uh, the modularity, and uh, you know um, are, are adding to uh, small edge data centers uh, capabilities. And as a result, we are seeing a 20, uh, 25% increase from, uh, you know, in market uh, share size from 2018 to 22. And as you can also see here from 2018 to 2022, the market uh, grows at a CAGR of 36.3%. This um, is again a massive increase. So moving on to the next slide. Um, well, um, we have talked about, uh, you know, uh, next gen applications. And uh, we'll just be talking more uh, a bit deeper about next gen applications. And uh, many of you, uh, you know, might know that augmented reality and virtual reality are being pursued by tech giants. Currently, it is Google, Amazon, uh, and um, you know these uh, next gen applications will probably be, uh, you know, in fifty percent of the homes at least uh, over, uh, you know, the next, uh, you know, ten years and um, these applications will require uh, low latency processing um, and uh, this will be only uh, possible uh, due to the advent of s data centers Um, and uh, this will enable uh, you know uh, a reaction time of less than uh, five milliseconds and uh, you know as an example uh, if there is you know uh, any critical failure in a power plant and um, Uh, the technician is using an augmented reality headset to solve the problem. Um, And if there's an edge data center located close by, uh, you know, uh, the data can transfer from uh, the technician to the edge data center and then come back to the technician rather than going to a centralized data center and then coming back, uh, which, you know, delays the response time. And especially in critical applications, uh, you know, this will be really, uh, you know, an advantage uh, for uh, edge data centers and uh, you know uh listed below uh, we have autonomous cars and uh, you know autonomous cars um you know once they are fully uh, you know mobilized and become operational uh they are likely to generate 3.6 terabytes of data per hour that's a massive amount of data Um, However, you know, uh, the primary functions, you know, uh, will be managed in-house and uh, which means that if there is any specific input which is required with the autonomous car uh, within, you know, uh, less than, uh, you know, milliseconds, uh, then that will be uh, only possible by the advent of edge data centers. Uh, And that is because, again, HDRI centers are located close to the source, and uh, advent of 5G will bring in, uh, you know, faster, uh, you know, data transfer rates. And uh, this will enable next generation of applications to, you know, uh, enable uh, a great success story for them. And uh in addition to the you know the next generation of applications which uh, we saw previously, there are more number of applications which uh, are currently under you know under research or are or currently in use and amongst those are connected cars uh, you know cars which are enabled uh, internet connectivity uh, this will definitely be growing in the next ten years um, and uh, you know alongside that we have the internet of Things which enables machine-to-machine communication and machine-to-consumer communication, Um, and this is also a massive market, uh, you know, and it requires uh, low-latency processing. Uh, We also have, you know, the example of NVIDIA Shield, uh, where NVIDIA is trying to unveil, uh, you know, real-time cloud-based, you know, real-time gaming. So you know, uh it's it's like I'm using the internet for playing real-time games, and it is not just you know, uh, you know, small level of games. Uh, it will be massive games, you know, which, um, you know, we are playing on PS4 or the computers. Um, and uh, you know, all these next-gen applications are definitely growing in the next, uh, you know, five to ten years, and um, they will also generate data, and um, to be successful, they will require faster processing. Um, And if that doesn't happen, then, you know, or even, for example, when I'm playing a game real-time through a cloud data center, and if I'm seeing lags of, you know, uh, probably uh, five seconds or six seconds, that will deteriorate my gaming experience. And edge data centers will truly, you know, uh, will truly um, enhance the capabilities uh, on that front and moving forward, uh, Frost and Sullivan have identified uh, all the market participants uh, currently in edge data centers. And as you can see here, uh, the edge data centers, are, you know, like I mentioned before, are attractive for all class of data center providers. So we have enterprise class data center providers, we have wholesale and retail colo providers, and we also have specialist edge players who focus on specific edge data centers and we also have uh, cloud providers. And in addition to that, we also have, uh, you know, uh, modular providers and micro-modular providers. And uh, like I mentioned before, um, the edge, uh, you know, uh, data centers, it has a critical role to play in some form for all uh, data center providers. Um, And, uh, you know, um, for example, if we take, uh, you know, Um, A cloud data center provider Um, if they are looking at edge data centers to boost their capability they'll be looking at you know either expanding their cloud data centers to an edge cloud data centers adding another layer for processing and uh, you know or they might even go for a colo uh, you know co-location provider who has an edge data center uh, somewhere and another key uh, you know, uh, trend that we are seeing is data center providers are targeting tier two and tier three cities uh, in USA, Europe, and APAC. Uh, and uh, this is mainly because uh, that layer uh, will be in those tier two and tier three cities. And uh, a lot of uh, growth is being seen in tier two and tier three cities where uh, the population, the growth, the number of data coming from these cities will be is expected to grow in the next 10 years. And, um, you know, uh, considering all that, uh, all uh, the edge data center uh, providers are finding tie two and tie three cities across USA, Europe, and APAC to establish their data centers. So um, what are the key factors, um, you know, uh, does an edge data center provider or somebody who's looking at edge data centers, uh, you know, what what should they consider before, you know, they go for an edge data center? Well, uh, the key Three key, uh, you know, factors are proximity, uh, security, and connectivity. And when you say proximity, it means uh, you know reducing the distance between uh, the data center and the user. Uh, security means uh, you know um, providing reliable security to the data center. It might be remotely managed. Um, it might be you know uh, physical, Physically, they might be present uh, if it's, if that's possible. Um, and connectivity means a seamless connectivity for the user. Uh, which means, you know, close, yeah, almost zero downtime, uh, you know, when possible. And, uh, you know, we have explained uh, certain factors which we think uh, are really important to consider. And the first one is business requirement. So um, if uh, an enterprise uh, is looking at, uh, you know, an data center, uh, what is the business requirement uh, for them? So that has to be analyzed first. Um, and then uh, the next one would be location. Like I mentioned earlier, type two and type three cities offer, uh, you know, the most attractive propositions for edge. Um, so would that work for that enterprise? The third one would be method of deployment. How would they be deploying, uh, you know, the SJS center, would they, you know, specifically create an architecture separately for SJS centers and will they be managing that? Or will they be, you know, um, uh, collaborating with another, uh, you know, cloud player or a co-location player um, to deploy the edge data centers. And then uh, the next one would be cost to benefit. Um, so, you know, considering the investment which they're going to put in uh, to the S data center, what is going to be the benefit in the long run and what are the costs which they are going to be, you know, um, you know, paying for. Um, and the next one would be electricity source. Would they be powering up with the renewable electricity source to save on energy bills? And remember, five G is also an added advantage. Um, so that was, that should also be considered. You know, uh, with regards to where will five G be, uh, you know, implemented moving forward, the next five years, um, is five G being implemented by specific net- network operators in tier two and tier three series? What are the attractive locations? Uh, you know, where five G is being implemented. Um, and the next one would be bandwidth. So, uh, you know, uh, what what is the level of bandwidth uh, that, uh, you know, the edge data centers will be, uh, you, know, uh, you know, provided uh, with? Um, and the next one being critical infrastructure. Uh, what kind of critical infrastructure requirements will be, uh, you know, uh, suited for the data centers which is required, uh, you know, at your specific location? And uh, who are the providers which you'll be choosing? And will they be, you know, um, you know, suit your requirements? The next one would be scalability. And and uh, in this point, you know, now we're talking about scaling up your edge data centers, you know, so would they be located, uh, you know, as close as possible uh, within kilometers? Or how would, if I want to scale my edge data center within a specific region, how would I be scaling that? Uh, and then finally, uh, risk management. So we have to consider all the risks associated with deploying edge data centers uh, with regards to, you know, my strategy risks, any subcontracting risk, uh, you know, in the overall risk strategy, uh, and again to emphasize, the, the three the three key factors are, you know, proximity, uh, like I said earlier, as close to the source as possible, um, and another one would be security, uh, providing reliability and confidence to the you know to the user, and the another one being connectivity. And another point which also I would like to emphasize is that uh, of 5G. Um, you know um, where uh, the advent of five G will really boost the capability of edge data centers, and um, the, the data center providers have to monitor. <coughs> sorry, the data center providers have to monitor where uh, you know five G implemented going forward in the next five years, and which location is likely to have the best five G capabilities. Uh, you know to <coughs> sorry for that to enable you know seamless connectivity. Um, and uh, we have almost reached the end of the presentation, and uh, the final concluding thoughts um, are summed up here. And as you can see here, um, you know, which Gautam talked about earlier, prefabricated modular data centers, uh, they really have the potential to overshadow traditional uh, you know, data centers in the long run, given their, uh, you know, their, uh, their structure, their scalability, and their compactness. Uh, and, uh, you know, their capabilities as well. Um, And uh, like also Gautam mentioned earlier, um, you know, AI, artificial intelligence, will make a data center truly smart, where it will, uh, you know, um, invite the capability to the data center to truly, uh, you know, think and act on its own uh, without, uh, you know, any interventions. Um, So that is really uh, going to be an absolute game changer as well um and uh 5g uh, you know will uh, boost the edge data center uh, you know landscape um and it will really support uh latency sensitive applications um and uh you know this is this will uh, really uh, boost uh on the data center provider's capabilities as well Um, And uh, the last one being uh, S data centers, especially, uh, you know, post-2021 when 5G is being implemented at full scale, which we expect, um, you know, that is where S data centers will start to boom. And uh, in this, uh, you know, uh, when this boom happens, there's a high possibility that collaboration between multiple stakeholders occurs, um, you know, occurs in the data center uh, ecosystem where, uh, you know, co-location provider uh, would be able to, uh, you know, offer uh, edge data centers to a cloud provider or an enterprise provider. Um, and, uh, you know, cloud made data center provider might look to, you know, uh, expand their edge data centers, uh, you know, and uh, they will be truly uh, supporting collaborations as we move forward. And uh, with this, I will hand over the mic to Anna.
0: Thank you. Uh, We have some time for uh, several questions, and so any questions that we do not get to, the team will get back with you. So let's go ahead and get started. Our first question here, you mentioned the vertical attractiveness for modular data centers. How about applications? What are the attractive end-user applications?
1: Right. um, Hi, this is Gotham. I'll take that, Anna. Uh, Thank you for the question. So in terms of, if I understand the question, so in terms of the attractiveness of uh, applications uh, for modular data centers, uh, what we've done is we've looked at um, four four segments in terms of applications, uh, which is uh, we've we've got disaster recovery, obviously edge computing is a very important application, Uh, then we have uh, data center augmentation, and then we have starter uh, our new data centers so looking at the attractiveness level absolutely from from what we've seen from the presentation as well the most attractive application with uh, you know the highest growth rates over the next 5 or 7 years is without a doubt uh, edge computing. So edge computing uh, applications are expected to be the fastest growing uh, with around 35, 36 percent CAGR. But of course, uh, as you also mentioned, it is quite a small segment at this point um, with about 15 to 17 percent share of the entire uh, da- modular data center market. But uh, in terms of growth, that's going to be the absolute most attractive one, followed by uh, data center augmentation and uh, starter data centers, uh, which actually occupy quite a a larger portion of the market when compared to edge computing. So short answer is the most attractive application would be edge computing and then followed by data center augmentation and then starter or or new data centers.
0: Thank you, Gautam. Our next question, what does edge data centers mean to cloud, co-location, and enterprise class providers?
2: Anna I will take that uh my name is Wasant and uh as you know um as I mentioned earlier um the edge data centers uh is attractive for all class of data centers uh, provi- uh and it is attractive for cloud data center providers it is attractive for location data center providers and it is also attractive for enterprise uh, data center providers now, um, individually, if we take a cloud data center provider, what they can do is uh, they can, you know, add another an, another cloud-based edge data center, which will give them another uh, layer of processing which they can use and send back to the user, um, or they can go to a co-location provider for, uh, you know, supporting their uh, data center uh, portfolio. Um, if we are talking about uh, enterprise class providers, uh, you know, enterprise clan, uh, they can go to uh, a co-location provider for uh, supporting their portfolio for an edge data center, or they can you know start building an edge portfolio of data centers. Um, And when we are talking about uh, co-location data center providers, um, they will look to expand their, you know, capabilities by adding edge data centers in tier 2 and tier 3 cities. Now, uh, you know, uh, summing it all up, um, you know, edge data centers are an attractive proposition for all sorts of data center providers. And uh, they will, uh, you know, uh, collaborate between uh, each other where requirements arises. To suit our, uh, you know, uh, capabilities.
0: Thank you, Vesna. Then we have time for one more question here. What would you say is the average size of an edge data center?
1: Right, Gotham here again. Um, it's a very good question uh, and also um... a, a tricky one. Uh, uh, I mean, the reason why is there's obviously edge is a, is a relatively new concept. And and when we talk about edge, there's a lot of discussion and debate um... in the industry about what exactly is an edge. And you know, because in fairness, edge. Could mean one thing to uh, uh, you know someone and a different thing to someone else. It could mean something for a colocation provider, at the same time it could mean something else for um, uh, for a cloud provider. Um, so essentially, what happens is uh, uh, it's 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 about bringing the compute closer to the end user. And 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 overall, looking at it, I would say you know uh, from our analysis, I would say the average size of an edge edge data center would be somewhere between 700. To 800 kilowatt
0: Thank you Gotham now at this time I'm going to conclude today's session we want to thank you again for joining us uh, if there's any questions or additional feedback please reach out to us. I've displayed um, Gotham and Vasna's contact details on your screen at this time thank you and enjoy the rest of your day.